And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world we are. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Thank you for being here. You know, just uh, looking at a number of different audio cuts coming out after the uh, Republicans uh, held a, uh, I guess, an information session with both uh, question and answer with uh, Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan. Mm -hmm. And we had played McCarthy a little while ago when he came out of the meeting. Now let's play Matt Gates because I'm looking for any indication that there's that there's a new seriousness about the fact that we need to do this behind closed doors. We need to make sure we have the votes. We don't need uh, to show off our dirty laundry this week in picking a speaker. Mm. And when we walk out of here, we have the votes. Right. Uh, I believe that's the goal. Uh, and is there any indication from this interview with Matt Gates that? He is looking at it differently than he might have 10 days ago. Here's part of his press conference. Uh, I thought that uh, both of the candidates understood the need to unite the conference, to bring the conference in a, you know, a, a more, uh, into a more effective fighting force, uh, to conduct oversight with greater rigor, and uh, really to put the pressure on Senate Democrats to take up our bills to get the government funded. What goes through your head tonight when you're kind of deciding who to vote for that what happened with McCarthy doesn't happen again. How are you going to make that decision? Well, I'm, I'm very confident that uh, both of these men would represent an upgrade over Speaker McCarthy, so I'm not concerned that things that really imperiled his speakership would, would be baggage carried by either a Speaker Jordan or a Speaker Scalise. Do you think that either should be I don't want to govern by CR for one more day. And I know that Jim Jordan has been a tireless fighter for less spending uh, from the federal government. I think that we've got to put pressure on the Senate to take up our bills. Mr. Jordan believes that one uh, strategy to force the Senate to take up our bills would be a, a continuing resolution with automatic cuts. 
so I want to hear him out on that. But uh, as I've stated many times, my preference is to govern without CRs uh, at any point. Was that his concession right there? Where he said, number one, his tone is a lot more mellow than he normally is. Certainly a lot more mellow than last week. Yes, a lot more mellow. And I'm like, okay, he's saying these, either guy would be better than than uh, than uh, McCarthy. All right, well, he's listening to Jim Jordan, that one option might be a continuing resolution with cuts. Mm. Well, he had that. Mm-hmm. In, in fact, what was said was, it was the House Freedom Caucus that created that last continuing resolution that had the cuts, and Gates didn't want it. Now he's open to it. Is that the concession? And I don't know. I'm just, mm. I'm just going by what he said uh, last week. And when he said that because we need, we need to get the Senate, you know, we need to get the Senate you know, the Democrats in Senate, you know, we need to get our bill to them. Well, even last week it was reported that the House Freedom Caucus were blunt about it, stating that any bill that came from them, the Senate Democrats wouldn't pass. Right. So it all gets down to the amount of cuts and how you frame it. And are they really massive cuts or is it just what it has been, which is, okay, a little cut here, a little cut there, but it's something that is palatable to Democrats, which is exactly his criticism of McCarthy. Right. Uh, The tone has definitely changed. Yeah, the tone definitely changed. And like I said, when he brought up a continuing revolution, a continuing resolution that had cuts from Jim Jordan. Now, it seemed that he was saying because Jim Jordan has always wanted cuts, it's more credible coming from Jim. Was he, let me rephrase it. Was he saying that because he knows Jim Jordan has always wanted to cut, that a continuing resolution from Jim Jordan willing to cut Mm. is better than the House Freedom Caucus and the last bill that McCarthy agreed on and gave the the okay to, which then he voted against, that it's the fact that he wants a speaker who he believes is more dedicated to cutting. Well, you can be more dedicated to cutting, uh, some you know, uh, hypothetically. Mm. But can you push any cuts through? Can Jim Jordan push any cuts through, more cuts through, that would be acceptable to Democrats that wouldn't get the Republican Party the blame, which is the concern, moving into 2024? Could Jim Jordan or Steve Scalise do it any better? I'll say Jim Jordan here because he was talking about Jim Jordan's idea of a continuing resolution with cuts. And the first thing I went was, well, that's what they had. That's what they presented. Mm. And, And Gates turned it down. And you know, you had all the conservative publications talking about that. They said, well, wait a minute. He got cuts in the continuing resolution. Now he's open to it? To listen to it? Well, he wasn't last week. Mm-hmm. So what is it precisely? But the tone has changed. Definitely the tone has changed. Yeah. Um, look, uh, it sounded indicative of what our assessment was, and I think what everybody knew. And this was a 
nothing more, nothing less than a personality conflict from the beginning, literally from the beginning between Gates and the former speaker. And now we see evidence of that where, and we said it last week, it doesn't matter who the next speaker is, there's going to be little to no change. And that's because the makeup of the House within right. the GOP isn't going to change. And and I still believe part of the problem was when he came out and, you know, had stated that, you know, the Trump was behind him. Mm-hmm. And Trump said, no, I think it's a bad idea. Mm. And then even we got uh, the one specific call that we got. And the guy, you guys don't know what the hell you're talking about. Remember that? When, mm. and, and, and he was like, you know, Gates is a fighter just like Trump. And we had to remind him that Trump wasn't a fighter for the budget ever. Mm-hmm. Trump never <clears throat> said, I'm going to close down the government to cut more. And he had more of an ability than McCarthy because he had veto power. Mm-hmm. So he never did it. So, number one, Gates was implying that Trump was behind, you know, McCarthy being put out and Trump wasn't. And then the second thing, which was being implied by those eight, is that the only fighter is Trump, and now you have Gates, and he's a fighter. And we had to remind them, well, Trump never fought for the budget once if your definition of fighting is willing to close down the government. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that took the wind out of his sails, whether everything going on now in Israel, they they realize, is there a realization? Because I'm looking at the still picture, and he doesn't look happy. Gates doesn't look happy. Well, because I'm, I'm I, think look- re- I think reality clearly is it was bound to set in. And now, with everything going on in Israel, there has to be a very different goal, and that is to bring the party has to come together. They're going to have to solve this behind closed doors. Everybody knows that. Over the weekend, there was no doubt that everything was going to have to shift to make that happen, and that ultimately... There wasn't going to be, even before what happened in Israel, there wasn't going to be any lasting glory for anyone on this. Ever. Gates got a a bubble of a win that lasted pretty much that afternoon. Because reality sets in and everyone looks at it like, oh, well, this is going to be um, no different than it was before because the makeup of the GOP in the House doesn't change a bit. This is a personality conflict, and he won an arm wrestling match. That's what happened. And now everyone has moved on, and certainly with the events in Israel, we must move on. Has there also been intense discussions that we have the ability to win like never before in 2024? based on where the people stand on the issues, but we've got to get it together now. I, I would think, and, and I would think that, that I would hope that Scalise and Jordan, those two are telling every member, every GOP member in the house, just that guys, we've got it all. It's been handed to us. And we must do this for 2024 
and everything else we can hash out behind closed doors. Because what happened last week was a viral moment. It doesn't change the political landscape. I wish it I wish it did. I wish that we could you and I could honestly tell our audience this changes everything and we're going to see nothing but a GOP that is looking to 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 make cuts uh and and starting with with cuts and entitlement programs, they're going to get the message out and they're going to win this. That's not the case. I wish I could tell you that. But it didn't happen that way and wasn't going to happen that way because you can't change the entire makeup of the House through this arm wrestling match that you won. It doesn't do anybody any good except Matt Gates got some media attention on that day. Well, if, if if you look at, you know, what what this brings up, um what this uh what this brings up in the um um you know for the uh, the you know the the Israeli situation mm-hmm. and the fact that it's um it's about immigration. I saw that immigration concerns were up like, I don't know, six, seven points from last month. Yeah. Yeah. This is really going to highlight what's going on at the border. Oh, yeah. It's going to highlight the fact of, because when you think about it, the message right now from the administration because of the gaslighting is that we finance Iranian terrorism mm-hmm. because we had the ability to stop it. It was, for the most part, stopped. They were hurting economically, and Biden restarted it. That's yep. why they're yep. so fearful. That's why yep. the president cannot answer any questions and so they throw kirby out there who looks like a complete idiot Mm -hmm. as we played the audio cuts earlier from people who actually went point by point by point by point with him one was brett bear the other one was uh james rosen from newsmax Mm -hmm. and where's the media focus been on the whole border crisis this isn't underneath the international bridge in del rio anymore it's in the major blue cities So when you add what happened in Israel and the fact that we know that the enemy has crossed the border, our southern border, into the U.S., you couple that with everything that those major cities and their citizens are dealing with and unhappy about, there's no doubt in my mind that the concern is going to go through the roof, and it likely already has. 866-90-RED-EYE. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. With advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. As the seasons change, so does truck maintenance. Cold weather can affect everything from your batteries and air brake system to tire inflation and fuel lines. Here's a maintenance tip to help make sure your rig is ready when winter comes knocking. Have your batteries tested by a certified technician. Dead batteries are one of the most common causes of winter breakdowns. Testing them now will indicate whether or not they can keep up with electrical demands of your truck this winter. When you have your batteries tested, check the alternator for sufficient amperage and voltage output as well. Find a professional technician near you to have your batteries and alternator tested today so you'll be ready when the seasons change. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80 the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Harley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up following the bottom of uh, the hour. Uh, I had forgotten yesterday when we talked about Lawrence Summers because I just was, you know, just always thinking about when he served in the Obama administration, and he's the one that warned Biden about, you know, inflation. If they pass yeah. the $1.9 boom, yeah. Yeah. it's going to cause inflation. I forgot when I was talking yesterday how disappointed he was in Harvard. I forgot that he was a former president of Harvard. Mm. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's written several posts on uh, on X, so we'll uh, formerly known as Twitter. So we'll get to that uh, coming up. The latest of what's going on uh, in uh, in Israel as they get ready for ground troops. Uh, uh, now, what a horrific day it was yesterday, especially the announcement. And this is the problem that the president has: <clears throat> not just the terrorism. But and and I'm I'm going to uh, play some audio from uh, from uh, uh, Barry Weiss, mm. um, you know who used to work for the New York Times and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is one of those who actually worked on the uh, the Twitter files, right? Uh, yeah, a liberal, very but, good reporter. Yeah, a liberal who believes that in freedom of, of the press and right. and freedom of speech and and everything else and disagrees so much. And especially with what's, you know, the response from the the, the far left. But 
she said, you know, when the Nazis did this stuff, they tried to hide it. Yeah. Now nobody's trying to hide it. Right. It's not being hidden. No, they're promoting and, it. And when you see, I don't think that the reality and the imagery of basically executing civilians and decapitating babies, mm. that's unprecedented. That's why I think this changes everything. No, I think it, it does, well, Excuse too. me. It has the potential to change everything. Well, I, I, I think it does change everything. But it will define who is on what side and what they ultimately support very clearly. I've been saying all morning long, this will, if you had any any questions about who the true radicals are, this will separate the radicals from everyone else. There's, there's no middle ground. You can't say you, there's no way. That you can try and defend Hamas. After yesterday, after yesterday, and that description, if you're defending Hamas, you side with terrorists and you condone their behavior. Period. I think it highlights illegal immigration. Mm -hmm. I think it highlights energy security. I think it highlights... Sympathy for terrorists going mm-hmm. all the way up to the highest levels yep. of the Democratic Party, which right. is the White House. Yeah. If they don't, if they have the ability to stop the money flow mm-hmm. from the world's leading exporter of terrorism, and now we have the evidence and they don't do that, and Americans were killed, and who knows what we may see now with the, the hostages. Right. And there was no threat or ultimatum or anything from the president concerning Hamas's treatment of the American hostages yesterday. No. Which in itself is problematic. Right. But I think it has the potential to highlight all those things where the public sort of was, you know, well, whatever. There's no consequences and nothing really happens. Everything is, you know, you had, uh, what was it, uh, Sullivan last week. Oh, this is the safest. This is the most calm it's been in the Middle East. Uh-huh. Boom. Was that yeah. last week he said? Yeah, he said that just last week. And then he was asked two days ago, uh, what do you think about those comments? Well, it was. It's like, uh-huh. oh, my God, shut right. up. Right. Shut up. Well, we said back then, until what? Yeah. Until what? Well, now we know. to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Download our app today and listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight. Just looking at a number of articles here. Hmm. It, as Because of the whole Israeli thing and you know, we were talking about, you know, where the Republicans are going to go. Will they have a speaker this week? Mm-hmm. And they're doing all the question and answering stuff and everything else. And I think they'll have the votes before they ever go into open session. <clears throat> yeah. Because they don't want the debate public now, not after Israel. But Israel brings up so many things that 
many Americans still view as abstract. Mm-hmm. You know, the border may affect border cities, may affect some of the large cities, but a lot of people aren't affected by it. More are, and there is more focus on it and more news items on it. But now you add into it international terrorism. You see the story here. It has a whole, whole new whole new twist. Thousands of special interest aliens from Middle East countries stopped at southern border in 2021, the data. Thousands of, that's interesting, special interest. Who comes up with these? Mm. Would that be the Border Patrol comes up with this? Is that where they, they get it from? Mm. Yeah, I guess so, because if they say, uh, if they use aliens, that is the term from the... Aliens is, is an official term. Yeah. Right, from the, so... Thousands of special interest aliens from numerous countries, and that's in quotes, including the Middle East, have been arrested by Border Patrol agents while attempting to cross the U.S. southern border illegally over the last two years, according to internal Customs and Border Patrol data leaked to Fox News. Hmm. Has a bigger impact now. Special interest aliens are people from countries identified by the U.S. government as having conditions that promote or protect terrorism and potentially pose some sort of national security threat to the United States. That data confirmed by multiple uh, Border Patrol sources and reflects apprehensions between ports of entry between October of 21 and October of 23 shows that agents encountered 6,386 nationals from Afghanistan in that period, as well as 3,153 from Egypt, 659 from Iran, and 538 in Syria. 30,000 from Turkey, 1,600 from Pakistan, 164 from Lebanon, 185 from Jordan. 139 from Yemen, 123 from Iraq. This data does not include information on how many of those migrants were removed or who were released into the U.S. with a court date. And, of course, it doesn't include the Godaways. With what happened in Egypt, that has a completely different impact on the average American, uh, it it takes on a, a whole new concern list of concerns. It for anybody, honestly, that that had a concern for a true concern for national security, the border has always been an issue, and it has not been a priority. Clearly, it's just the opposite of this administration. But in the wake of the atrocities in Israel. The question becomes because I'm I'm greatly concerned and I think everyone should be about what the next move of Hamas would be also what type of alliances are forming in the different terrorist groups we see the terrorism superstate that is now Afghanistan that was created by the vacuum that was left 
in the botched exit of Afghanistan. And there's evidence of that based on targets in Afghanistan. And my question would be, what intel is there? This is why it's so frustrating, maddening, and greatly concerning that you cannot trust this administration, this president, to tell us the truth. Because we should have, number one, a handle on the border. That's a given. But beyond that, also great intel into what the next move of a Hamas might be based on other things we've seen. Look, Israel was not able to detect this because, to a large extent, this was a very low-tech operation. But Hamas in and of itself and also the other terrorist groups are not low-tech. And we have the ability to monitor them. What information have we gathered? What intel intel have we gathered? Because we have to assume that people from those countries are here to do us harm until we can prove otherwise. And, And sorry, there may be some people that want to flee Iran because they disagree with their government, because they disagree with the leadership of Iran, they disagree with the funding of terrorist groups. But that's the harsh reality that they face as well, which is something where we have to get back to the very real conversation about, and for those individuals looking to flee Iran, you should probably look to do that. If you're coming to the United States, do that by every legal process that's in place right now because that will protect you if you're not here to do americans harm otherwise if you're coming across the southern border then we have to assume that people are coming that are coming here from dangerous parts of the world are themselves a danger well you probably have a better case for asylum if you come from Iran even if you cross the border and they catch you I, I by, agree. by by yeah. by stating that you know I'm uh, oppressed because this is who I am and this is what I do yes. and they're looking to kill me. Yes. That would be probably a better asylum case before a judge than climate change. Right. I'm yep. coming over for climate change. Right. I want snow. Mm-hmm. I'd like to ski. No, I think you. I think you make the case on <laughs> yeah. asylum uh, with with Iran. I think you could make that. I think you could definitely make that. Yeah. Case. Yeah. Uh, but then you've got this right here. All of a sudden, this takes on new importance. For example, mm-hmm. if you live in New York, New Yorkers should not underestimate the threat from lone wolf style terrorists who have been radicalized by Hamas online warned New York Mayor Eric Adams as the horror of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict continues to send shockwaves around the world. Speaking at a press conference, the Democratic mayor warned the city to be on guard. Don't underestimate lone wolves, people being radicalized online. Mm -hmm. And people that may be in the country. Yeah. And may have been approved to be in the country. Mm-hmm. and are uh, getting shelter. Right. Because how do you know? 
Right. How does any of us know? They're not really vetting these people coming in. And what about they the, don't have the means right. to vet them? And then then the thing that comes up is the one point five million. At least that have the gotaways that they believe have gotten into the country and have disappeared. Right. It, on the local level. When they're mm. given housing, they don't have the means to vet these people that are here thoroughly. Think about that. So they show up in New York City. They show up in Chicago. They show up in these major blue cities and they're getting shelter. They're being fed. They're being given resources. But the the, the local officials, you know, the Border Patrol, we, the U.S. government has the ability to vet them. And if you can't vet them, they don't get in. But once they're in on the local level, those local officials have no idea who they are. And when you think about it, and of course, this is some of the fear that I have, and the fear isn't taking over airplanes anymore. You look and you say, okay, what are they what are they doing here? And you see, okay, that you get 15 terrorists. Mm -hmm. They're all able to get automatic weapons Mm -hmm. that go into a small town. Mm hmm. You repeat what has been successful in some place like, you know, uh, Israel. Right. When you have when you have over a million and a half, when you have the insanity that you have at the border. Not saying it's going to happen, but the role of the government is to be involved in preventive exercises to keep the border secure. If the Israelis weren't prepared for this in their border towns, think about this. Their towns that border Gaza. They didn't have the intel that that, that would tell them that that Hamas was going to use these types of tactics. However, they do know that there is there's this existing threat from Hamas overall. Well, here in the States. No one is thinking of that. We're far less prepared for something like that. And remember, all the 9-11 overstayed their visas. Oh, yeah. And they were here for years. Right. That was an INS huge gap. Well, you could, I guess you could call that a sleeper cell, could you not? It absolutely was. Even though the plan, there always was a plan when they came over. Right. It wasn't like they were just here and then, okay, we activate you now to do this particular thing. Right. Mohammed Atta and I think somebody else knew what they were doing. Right. But the rest didn't know. They didn't know it was a suicide mission. Right. And But and, now, here's and, and here's where, and we've seen this, we talked about it the other day. These terrorist groups um, gain, gain momentum in recruiting but also gain momentum with their existing uh, operatives and and terrorists within their organization when they believe they've done something successful. Hamas Mm -hmm. sees this as a victory, which means that all of their terrorists within their organization then are, and this is the way it works, 
until they are wiped out completely and suffer a great defeat, they are more motivated than they were before this weekend, wherever they may be. Well, that's what the United States found out with Al-Qaeda and ISIS. Right. That when the United States would have successes in killing, you know, so many of the leaders and the rank and file actual members of it, that the recruitment went way down. Right. When we were permissive and backed off, recruitment went way up. When uh, During the fall of Mosul, which lasted nearly three years, and Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, who is dead now, but was they were in Mosul. They were gaining, they did gain control of Mosul and its resources, which was not just a funding mechanism for them. It became a massive recruitment effort for them. So this idea of lone wolves or small cells, wherever they may be, being active now has to be a great concern for all of us. 86690-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up on the top of uh, the hour, Fox News following Representative Tlaib yesterday. Mm, yeah. Wow, it's just bizarre. Yeah. Because she gets, the reporter gets really, I think it's, it looks like uh, Jackie Heinrich. Mm, okay. And saying, do you have any comment on Hamas chopping off babies' heads? Yeah. And she just keeps walking. And so you think, okay, it's going to be a couple of seconds. She keeps following her down the hallway and asking the question over and over again. And Tlaib never stops. You want to know what's worse than answering a question? Running away from it. Running away from it like she did. And she actually turns her head and looks at her, gives her a mean look. And that was after all that information came out. We'll have that audio coming up. Just bizarre. Again. You said separating, it separating yep. the radicals from everybody else. There is no middle ground on this. is Red Eye Radio on Westwood. America starts the day with America in the morning. Pending home sales numbers, they tanked in April, but there are Hi, I'm John Trout, your host for the latest news, politics, entertainment, business, and weather. Octane action in the dust, a new film puts... Our staff of correspondents provide a fast-paced look at the world with specialized reports from where news happens. It's a bird, it's a plane, it's Amazon. Concise, accurate, and fresh each day. America in the Morning, the podcast, available wherever you listen. 
Are you into weird, spooky, and strange history? Horrifying History tells you about the side of history that people don't normally talk about. We tell the tales of haunted places, infamous true crimes, unsolved mysteries, the paranormal, and then we look to history to see where the truth actually lies. Want to get spooky with us? Horrifying History, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world we are. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Thank you for being here. You know, just uh, looking at a number of different audio cuts coming out after the uh, Republicans uh, held a, uh, I guess, an information session with both uh, question and answer with uh, Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan. Mm -hmm. And we had played McCarthy a little while ago when he came out of the meeting. Now let's play Matt Gaetz because I'm looking for any indication that there's that there's a new seriousness about the fact that we need to do this behind closed doors. We need to make sure we have the votes. We don't need uh, to show off our dirty laundry this week in picking a speaker. Mm. And when we walk out of here, we have the votes. Right. Uh, I believe that's the goal. Uh, and is there any indication from this interview with Matt Gates that? He is looking at it differently than he might have 10 days ago. Hmm. Here's part of his press conference. Uh, I thought that uh, both of the candidates understood the need to unite the conference, to bring the conference in, uh, you know, a, a more, uh, into a more effective fighting force, uh, to conduct oversight with greater rigor, and uh, really to put the pressure on Senate Democrats to take up our bills to get the government funded. What goes through your head tonight when you're kind of deciding who to vote for that what happened with McCarthy doesn't happen again. How are you going to make that decision? Well, I'm, I'm very confident that uh, both of these men would represent an upgrade over Speaker McCarthy, so I'm not concerned that things that really imperiled his speakership would, would be baggage carried by either a Speaker Jordan or a Speaker Scalise. Do you think that either of Congressman CR I don't want to govern by CR for one more day. And I know that Jim Jordan has been a tireless fighter for less spending uh, from the federal government. I think that we've got to put pressure on the Senate to take up our bills. Mr. Jordan believes that one uh, strategy to force the Senate to take up our bills would be a, a continuing resolution with automatic cuts. Uh, so I want to hear him out on that. But uh, as I've stated many times, my preference is to govern without CRs uh, at any point. Are you- was that his concession right there where he said, number one, his tone is a lot more mellow than he normally is? Certainly a lot more mellow than last week. Yes, a lot more mellow. And I'm like, OK, he's saying these, either guy would be better than than uh, than uh, McCarthy. 
All right. Well, he's listening to Jim Jordan that one option might be a continuing resolution with cuts. Mm. Well, he had that. Mm-hmm. In, in fact, what was said was it was the House Freedom Caucus that created that last continuing resolution that had the cuts and Gates didn't want it. Now he's open to it. Is that the concession? And I don't know. I'm just, mm. I'm just going by what he said uh, last week. And when he said that because we need, we need to get the Senate, you know, we need to get the Senate, you know, the Democrats in Senate, you know, we need to get our bill to them. Well, even last week it was reported that the House Freedom Caucus were blunt about it, stating that. Any bill that came from them, the Senate Democrats wouldn't pass. Right. So it all gets down to the amount of cuts and how you frame it. And are they really massive cuts? Or is it just what it has been, which is, okay, a little cut here, a little cut there. But it's something that is palatable to Democrats, which is exactly his criticism of McCarthy. Right. Uh, The tone has definitely changed. Yeah, the tone definitely changed. And like I said, when he brought up a continuing revolution, (laughs) a continuing resolution that had cuts from Jim Jordan. Now, it seemed that he was saying because Jim Jordan has always wanted cuts, it's more credible coming from Jim. Was he? Let me rephrase it. Was he saying that? because he knows Jim Jordan has always wanted to cut that a continuing resolution from Jim Jordan willing to cut Mm. is better than the house freedom caucus. And the last bill that McCarthy agreed on and gave the, the okay to, which then he voted against that. It's the fact that he wants a speaker who he believes is more dedicated to cutting. Well, you can be more dedicated to cutting, uh, you know, uh, hypothetically. Mm. But can you push any cuts through? Can Jim Jordan push any cuts through, more cuts through, that would be acceptable to Democrats that wouldn't get the Republican Party the blame, which is the concern moving into 2024? Could Jim Jordan or Steve Scalise do it any better? I'll say Jim Jordan here because... He was talking about Jim Jordan's idea of a continuing resolution with cuts. And the first thing I went was, well, that's what they had. That's what they presented. Mm. And and Gates turned it down. And, you know, you had all the conservative publications talking about that. They said, well, wait a minute. He got cuts in the continuing resolution. Now he's open to it? To listen to it? Well, Mm. he wasn't last week. Mm -hmm. So what is it precisely? But the tone has changed. Definitely the tone has changed. Yeah. Yeah. Look, uh, it sounded indicative of what our assessment was, and I think what everybody knew. And this was a uh, nothing more, nothing less than a personality conflict from the beginning. Literally from the beginning between Gates and the former speaker. And now we see evidence of that where, and we said it last week, it doesn't matter who the next speaker is There's going to be little to no change. And that's because the makeup of the House 
within right. the GOP isn't going to change. And and I still believe part of the problem was when he came out and, you know, had stated that, you know, the Trump was behind him. Mm-hmm. And Trump said, no, I think it's a bad idea. Mm. And then even we got uh, the one specific call that we got. And the guy, you guys don't know what the hell you're talking about. Remember that? When, mm. and, and, and he was like, you know, Gates is a fighter just like Trump. And we had to remind him that Trump wasn't a fighter for the budget ever. Mm-hmm. Trump never <clears throat> said, I'm going to close down the government to cut more. And he had more of an ability than McCarthy because he had veto power. Mm-hmm. So he never did it. So, number one, Gates was implying that Trump was behind, you know, McCarthy being put out and Trump wasn't. And then the second thing, which was being implied by those eight, is that the only fighter is Trump, and now you have Gates, and he's a fighter. And we had to remind them, well, Trump never fought for the budget once if your definition of fighting is willing to close down the government. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that took the wind out of his sails, whether everything going on now in Israel, they, they realize... Is there a realization? Because I'm looking at the still picture, and he doesn't look happy. Gates doesn't look happy. Well, because I'm, I'm I, think look- re- I think reality clearly is it was bound to set in. And now, with everything going on in Israel, there has to be a very different goal, and that is to bring the party has to come together. They're going to have to solve this behind closed doors. Everybody knows that. Over the weekend, there was no doubt that everything was going to have to shift to make that happen. And that ultimately there wasn't going to be, even before what happened in Israel, there wasn't going to be any lasting glory for anyone on this ever. Gates got a, a bubble of a win that lasted pretty much that afternoon. Because reality sets in, and everyone looks at it like, oh, well, this is going to be no different than it was before because the makeup of the GOP in the House doesn't change a bit. This is a personality conflict, and he won an arm wrestling match. That's what happened. And now everyone has moved on, and certainly with the events in Israel, we must move on. Has there also been intense discussions that we have the ability to win like never before in 2024 based on where the people stand on the issues, but we've got to get it together now? I I would think, and and I would think that, that I would hope that Scalise and Jordan, those two are telling every member, every GOP member in the house, just that guys, We've got it all. It's been handed to us. And we must do this for 2024 and everything else we can hash out behind closed doors. Because what happened last week was a viral moment. It doesn't change the political landscape. I wish it, I wish it did. I wish that we could, you and I could honestly tell our audience, this changes everything and we're going to see nothing 
but a GOP that is looking to 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 make cuts uh, and and starting with with cuts and entitlement programs, they're going to get the message out and they're going to win this. That's not the case. I wish I could tell you that, but it didn't happen that way and wasn't going to happen that way because you can't change the entire makeup of the house through this arm wrestling match that you won. It doesn't do anybody any good except Matt Gates got some media attention on that day. Well, if, if, if you look at, you know, what, what this brings up, um, what this, uh, what this brings up in the, um, um, you know, for the, uh, the, you know, the, the Israeli situation mm-hmm. and the fact that it's, um, it's about immigration. I saw that immigration concerns were up like, I don't know, six, seven points from last month. Yeah. Yeah. This is really going to highlight what's going on at the border. Oh yeah. It's going to highlight the fact of, cause when you think about it, the message right now from the administration because of the gaslighting, is that we finance Iranian terrorism Mm -hmm. because we had the ability to stop it. It was, for the most part, stopped. They were hurting economically, and Biden restarted it. That's why they're so fearful. That's why the president cannot answer any questions. And so they throw Kirby out there, who looks like a complete idiot, Mm -hmm. as we played the audio cuts earlier from people who actually went point by point by point by point with him. One was Brett Baer. The other one was uh, James Rosen from Newsmax. Mm-hmm. And where's the media focus been on the whole border crisis? This isn't underneath the International Bridge in Del Rio anymore. It's in the major blue cities. So when you add what happened in Israel and the fact that we know that the enemy has crossed the border, our southern border, into the U.S., you couple that with everything that those major cities and their citizens are dealing with and unhappy about, there's no doubt in my mind that the concern is going to go through the roof, and it likely already has. 866-90-RED-EYE. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. With advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. As the seasons change, so does truck maintenance. Cold weather can affect everything from your batteries and air brake system to tire inflation and fuel lines. Here's a maintenance tip to help make sure your rig is ready when winter comes knocking. Have your batteries tested by a certified technician. Dead batteries are one of the most common causes of winter breakdowns. Testing them now will indicate whether or not they can keep up with electrical demands of your truck this winter. When you have your batteries tested, check the alternator for sufficient amperage and voltage output as well. Find a professional technician near you to have your batteries and alternator tested today so you'll be ready when the seasons change. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up following the bottom of uh, the hour. Uh, I had forgotten yesterday when we talked about Lawrence Summers because I just was, you know, 
just always thinking about when he served in the Obama administration, and he's the one that warned Biden about, you know, inflation. If they pass yeah. the one point nine trillion, boom, yeah. Yeah. it's going to cause inflation. I forgot when I was talking yesterday how disappointed he was in Harvard. I forgot that he was a former president of Harvard, mm-hmm. and uh, he's written several posts on uh, on X. So we'll, uh, formerly known as Twitter. So we'll get to that uh, coming up. The latest of what's going on uh, in uh, in Israel as they get ready for ground troops uh, uh, now. What a horrific day it was yesterday, especially the announcement. And this is the problem that the president has, <clears throat> not just the terrorism, but and and I'm I'm going to uh, play some audio from uh, from uh, uh, Barry Weiss, mm. um, you know, who used to work for the New York Times and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is one of those who actually worked on the uh, the Twitter files, right. Uh, yeah. A liberal, very but, good reporter. Yeah, a liberal who believes that in freedom of, of the press and right. and freedom of speech and and everything else, and disagrees so much, and especially with what's you know the response from the 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 far left. But she said, you know, when the Nazis did this stuff, they tried to hide it. Yeah. Now nobody's trying to hide it. Right. It's not being hidden. No, they're promoting. And it. and when you see, I don't think that. The reality and the imagery of basically executing civilians and decapitating babies. That's unprecedented. That's why I think this changes everything. No, I think it, it does, well, Excuse too. me. It has the potential to change everything. Well, I, I, I think it does change everything, but it will define who is on what side and what they ultimately support very clearly. I've been saying all morning long, this will, if you had any any questions about who the true radicals are, this will separate the radicals from everyone else. There's, there's no middle ground. You can't say, you, there's no way that you can try and defend Hamas. After yesterday, after yesterday, and that description, if you're defending Hamas, you side with terrorists and you condone their behavior, period. I think it highlights illegal immigration. Mm -hmm. I think it highlights energy security. I think it highlights sympathy for terrorists going Mm -hmm. all the way up to the highest levels of the Democratic Party, which is the White House. Yeah. If they don't, if they have the ability to stop the money flow mm-hmm. from the world's leading exporter of terrorism, and now we have the evidence, and they don't do that, and Americans were killed, and who knows what we may see now with the, the hostages. Right. And there was no threat or ultimatum or anything from the president concerning Hamas's treatment of the American hostages yesterday. No. Which in itself is problematic. Right. But I think it has the potential to highlight all those things where the public sort of was, you know, well, whatever. There's no consequences and nothing really happens. Everything is, you know, you had, uh, what was it, uh, Sullivan last week. Oh, this is the safest. This is the most calm it's been in the Middle East. Uh-huh. Boom. It was that yeah. last week he said. Yeah, he said that just last week. And then he was asked two days ago, uh, what do you think about those comments? Well, it was. 
It's like, uh-huh. oh my God, right. shut up. Right. Shut up. What we said back then. Until what? Yeah. Until what? Well, now we know. to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he's Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Download our app today and listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight. Just looking at a number of articles here. Hmm. As, as Because of the whole Israeli thing and, you know, we were talking about, you know, where the Republicans are going to go. Will they have a speaker this week? Mm-hmm. And they're doing all the question and answering stuff and everything else. And I think they'll have the votes before they ever go into open session yeah, because they don't want the debate public now, not after Israel. But Israel brings up so many things that many Americans still view as abstract. Mm-hmm. You know, the border may affect border cities, may affect some of the large cities, but a lot of people aren't affected by it. More are, and there is more focus on it and more news items on it. But now you add into it international terrorism. You see the story here. It has a whole, whole new, whole new twist. Thousands of special interest aliens from Middle East countries stopped at southern border in 2021. The data. Thousands of, that's interesting, special interest. Who comes up with these? Mm. Would that be? The Border Patrol comes up with this? Is that where they, they get it from? Mm. Yeah, I guess so, because if they say, uh, if they use aliens, that is the term from the... Aliens is, is an official term. Yeah. Right, from the, so thousands of special interest aliens from numerous countries, in, and that's in quotes, including the Middle East, have been arrested by Border Patrol agents while attempting to cross the U.S. southern border illegally over the last two years, according to internal Customs and Border Patrol data leaked to Fox News. Hmm. Has a bigger impact now. Special interest aliens are people from countries identified by the U.S. government as having conditions that promote or protect terrorism and potentially pose some sort of national security threat to the United States. That data confirmed by multiple uh, border Patrol sources and reflects apprehensions between ports of entry between October of 21 and October of 23 shows that agents encountered 6,386 nationals from Afghanistan in that period, as well as 3,153 from Egypt, 659 from Iran, and 538 in Syria. 30,000 from Turkey, 1,600 from Pakistan, 164 from Lebanon, 185 from Jordan, 139 from Yemen, 123 from Iraq. This data does not include information 
on how many of those migrants were removed or who were released into the U.S. with a court date. And, of course, it doesn't include the Godaways. With what happened in Egypt, that has a completely different impact on the average American. Uh, it it takes on a, a whole new concern, list of concerns. It For anybody, honestly, that, that had a concern for, a true concern for national security, the border has always been an issue. And it has not been a priority. Clearly, it's just the opposite of this administration. But in the wake of the atrocities in Israel, the question becomes, because I'm, I'm greatly concerned, and I think everyone should be, about what the next move of Hamas would be. Also, what type of alliances are forming in the different terrorist groups? We see the terrorism superstate that is now Afghanistan that was created by the vacuum that was left in the botched exit of Afghanistan. And there's evidence of that based on targets in Afghanistan. And my question would be, what intel is there? This is why it's so frustrating, maddening and greatly concerning that you cannot trust this administration, this president, to tell us the truth. Because we should have, number one, a handle on the border. That's a given. But beyond that, also great intel into what the next move of a Hamas might be based on other things we've seen. Look, Israel was not able to detect this because... To a large extent, this was a very low-tech operation. But Hamas in and of itself and also the other terrorist groups are not low-tech. And we have the ability to monitor them. What information have we gathered? What intel, intel have we gathered? Because we have to assume that people from those countries are here to do us harm until we can prove otherwise. And and sorry, there may be some people that want to flee Iran because they disagree with their government, because they disagree with the leadership of Iran. They disagree with the funding of terrorist groups. But that's the harsh reality that they face as well, which is something where we have to get back to the very real conversation about and for those individuals looking to flee iran you should probably look to do that if you're coming to the united states do that by every legal process that's in place right now because that will protect you if you're not here to do americans harm otherwise if you're coming across the southern border then we have to assume that people are coming that are coming here from dangerous parts of the world are themselves a danger. Well, you probably have a better case for asylum if you come from Iran, even if you cross the border and they catch you. I, I by, would agree. By, by, yeah. by stating that, you know, I'm uh, oppressed because this is who I am and this is what I do. Yes. And they're looking to kill me. 
Yes. That would be probably a better asylum case before a judge than climate change. Right. I'm yep. coming over for climate change. Right. I want snow. Mm-hmm. I'd like to ski. No, I think you. I think you make the case on <laughs> yeah. asylum uh, with with Iran. I think you could make that. I think you could definitely make that. Yeah. Case. Yeah. Uh, but then you've got this right here. All of a sudden, this takes on new importance. For example, mm-hmm. if you live in New York, New Yorkers should not underestimate the threat from lone wolf style terrorists who have been radicalized by Hamas online. Warned New York Mayor Eric Adams. As the horror of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict continues to send shockwaves around the world, speaking at a press conference, the Democratic mayor warned the city to be on guard. Don't underestimate lone wolves, people being radicalized online. Mm -hmm. And people that may be in the country. Yeah. And may have been approved to be in the country. Mm-hmm. and are uh, getting shelter. Right. Because how do you know? Right. How does any of us know? They're not really vetting these people coming in. And what about They the, don't have the means right. to vet them. And then, then the thing that comes up is the 1.5 million, at least, that have the gotaways that they believe have gotten into the country and have disappeared. Right. It, on the local level, when they're given housing, they don't have the means to vet these people that are here thoroughly. Think about that. So they show up in New York City. They show up in Chicago. They show up in these major blue cities, and they're getting shelter. They're being fed. They're being given resources. But the the, the local officials, you know, the Border Patrol, we. The U.S. government has the ability to vet them. And if you can't vet them, they don't get in. But once they're in on the local level, those local officials have no idea who they are. And when you think about it, and of course, this is some of the fear that I have. And the fear isn't taking over airplanes anymore. You look and you say, okay, what are they what are they doing here? And you see, okay, that you get 15 terrorists mm-hmm. they're all able to get automatic weapons mm-hmm. that go into a small town mm-hmm. you repeat what has been successful in some place like you know uh israel right when you have when you have over a million and a half when you have the insanity that you have at the border not saying it's going to happen But the role of the government is to be involved in preventive exercises to keep the border secure. If the Israelis weren't prepared for this in their border towns, think about this. Their towns that border Gaza. They didn't have the intel that that would tell them that, that Hamas was going to use these types of tactics. However... They do know that there is a, there's this existing threat from Hamas overall. Well, here in the States, no one is thinking of that. We're far less prepared for something like that. 
And remember, all the 9-11 overstayed their visas. Oh, yeah. And they were here for years. Right. That was an INS huge gap. Well, you could, I guess you could call that a sleeper cell, could you not? It absolutely was. Even though the plan, there always was a plan right. when they came over. Right. It wasn't like they were just here and then, okay, we activate you now to do this particular thing. Right. Mohammed Atta and I think somebody else knew what they were doing. Right. But the rest didn't know. They didn't know it was a suicide mission. Right. And but and now here's and, and here's where and we've seen this, we talked about it the other day. These terrorist groups um gain gain momentum in recruiting, but also gain momentum with their existing opera uh, uh, operatives and, and terrorists within their organization when they believe they've done something successful. Hamas mm-hmm. sees this as a victory, oh, yeah. which means that all of their terrorists within their organization then are, and this is the way it works, until they are wiped out completely and suffer a great defeat, they are more motiv- motivated than they were before this weekend, wherever they may be. Well, that's what the United States found out with Al-Qaeda and ISIS. Right. That when the United States would have successes in killing, you know, so many of the leaders and the rank and file actual members of it, that the recruitment went way down. Right. When we were permissive and backed off, recruitment went way up. When uh, during the fall of Mosul, which lasted nearly three years, and Abu Bakr al Baghdadi, who is dead now, but was they were in Mosul. They were gaining, they did gain control of Mosul and its resources, which was not just a funding mechanism for them. It became a massive recruitment effort for them. So this idea of lone wolves or small cells wherever they may be, being active now has to be a great concern for all of us. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up on the top of uh, the hour, Fox News following Representative Tlaib yesterday. Mm, yeah. Wow, it's just bizarre. Yeah. Because she gets, the reporter gets really, I think it's, it looks like uh, Jackie Heinrich. Mm, okay. And saying, do you have any comment on Hamas chopping off babies' heads? Yeah. And she just keeps walking. And so you think, okay, it's going to be a couple of seconds. She keeps following her down the hallway and asking the question over and over again until he never stops. You want to know what's worse than answering a question? 
running away from it? Running away from it like she did. And she actually turns her head and looks at her, gives her a mean look. And that was after all that information came out. We'll have that audio coming up. Just bizarre. Again, you said separating, it separating yeah. the radicals from everybody else. There is no middle ground on this. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood. Hey guys, welcome to the Candy Valentino Show. I'm Candy Valentino. I was a founder before I could legally order a drink. And for more than two and a half decades, I've built, scaled, acquired, and exited multiple businesses in diverse industries. Now my goal is to help you by sharing the knowledge that I've learned, the mistakes that I've made, and the wisdom that I've developed over my journey. Bi-weekly episodes every Monday and Thursday. The Candy Valentino Show, wherever you listen. Every story eventually comes to an end. This June, hear the final episode of Season 2 of the hit podcast series, In the Red Clay, Durham. In the Red Clay tells the unbelievable true story of Billy Sunday Burt, the most dangerous man in Georgia history. In the podcast that people are calling riveting, incredibly moving, captivating, and addicting. Binge Seasons 1 and 2 of In the Red Clay now, wherever you listen.